Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so happy that you're here. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Okay, guys, I want to thank our first sponsor for today's show, and that is Z Supply. You know, whether you're hosting a holiday dinner or simply spending time with friends, I couldn't be more thankful for my Z Supply essentials. Z Supply is an everyday basics brand that carries comfortably chic clothing for the busy holidays ahead. I personally love the Z Supply Shimmer Tees for Thanksgiving and they're super soft lounging sets for everything casual. I have these pants that I cannot take off and their t-shirts, they really can be dressed up or dressed down. I love them. And right now for my listeners at the happy hour, that's you, Z Supply is offering 10% off plus free shipping on your first order with the promo code 10FREE. There will also be special holiday exclusives only available on their site. So once again, you guys, you get 10% off plus free shipping on your first order with promo code 10FREE. Go ahead and go shopping over at zsupply.com. All right, friends, you are listening to episode number 168, and my guest is Abby Campman. Abby shares her story today that includes a very tragic event that happened to her when she was 13 years old. Abby has just now started sharing her story publicly, and I'm over the moon proud of her. Here's what she says about the first time that she shared her story with a friend. You have a beautiful story and God's going to use it. Um, And I just remember feeling so much like the burden just was taken off of me because someone listened and like, it was almost like she said me too, you know, like she was, and I'm reading your story right now, Jamie, I'm reading your book and you have that same story. Yes. You talk about this in your book. Um, I just think we all need someone that's our me too, like our original me too. And um, I just remember after that, I felt like, okay, God's given me this to share with others so that they don't feel like I did, you know? You know, friends, I always say the stories change the world. And when you listen to Abby's story today, it might not be your story, but you will find commonality in her fears and her journey and what she has walked through with sharing her story out loud with people around her. Abby's story is hard, but friends, you're going to be so moved by her retelling the events that happened 18 years ago. And then what happens this past summer is just plain crazy and wonderful all in one. Abby's encouragement towards anyone that might be listening and struggling through your faith because of something hard that's happened or tragic that's happened, this show's for you. She's a great encourager in that. I do want to say that this show might not be suitable for children based on the tragic event that Abby endured. So if you have little ears, you might want to listen another time. Hey, friends, before we get to Abby and my conversation, I want to tell you about our Happy Hour Facebook group. It's brand new, and I don't know why I haven't done this in forever, because I love talking about the shows after they air. So we get to do that. Over in that group, we can chat about all the shows. You can ask questions. Maybe I'll even ask some of the guests to come chime in there the week after they're on the show. You can find that Facebook group by going to jamieivy.com slash happy hour Facebook. Don't worry if you forget. We'll put it in the show notes. All right, my friends, here is my conversation with Abby Campman. Hey, Abby, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie. Um, 
I get a lot of emails and people sharing their stories with me and um, a lot of people suggesting, hey, you should have this person on the show because here's their story. And you sent me an email. I did. Yes. <laughs> and um, you laid it all out there. I did. You shared your whole story. And I was like, holy cow, yeah. I need to talk to this girl. We also have commonality. Like yes. your sister-in-law is and brother-in-law, awesome. they are awesome. Yes. And they also live in Austin and he's on staff at the Austin Stone where my uh-huh. husband's on staff as well. Yeah. So we have that connection. Mm-hmm. But I remember reading your story and just thinking, man, this girl, but you're not a girl, you're a woman. This woman has been through a lot in her lifetime yeah. um, and she's still, she's still standing and she's still giving God glory. <laughs> yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. I think those are like the, the mark of the Christian faith, right? Yeah, the, like yeah. everything comes at you and you're still standing and you still give God glory. So I want to go back and I want to just, I want to just jump in. All mm-hmm. right. So okay. this is going to be a fun episode and fun by the means of like, I love stories. I think I say all the time, stories Me change too. the world. And yes, your story, a lot of people are going to be like, uh, that's not my life, but they're going to relate. Yeah. That's I the thing so. about stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So I want to jump all the way back. You told me that um, you grew up in a home where uh, your mom was an alcoholic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you may know this, and my listeners may know this as well, that I get the huge privilege of volunteering at our local jail yes. um, every week. And mm-hmm. a, most, I have probably been there two years. I've maybe met five women who aren't struggle with addiction, Yeah, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's a, it's a real problem with women who are incarcerated and a lot of them have kids. Yeah. And this addiction mm-hmm. is like taking so much from them. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I am on, I'm, I'm going to hear from you what it took from you, yeah. but I listen to these women and they hate it. Mm-hmm. They're broken about yeah. it. You grew up with a mom who was an alcoholic. I did. What was yes. that like? Um, you know, it's kind of all I ever knew. Uh, her and my dad, they were teen relationship and um, got pregnant. My mom was 19 and she had struggled with it in high school, but kind of the typical like high school drinking scene. But, um, I think it really just started to take off as a problem after she met my dad and my dad's a wonderful man. I mean, he's, he's great. And he really wanted to build a family and, um, make that happen. But she kind of was still kind of stuck in the high school scene type of a thing. And, um, really just wanted to do that regularly. And my dad was just not okay with it now that they had a daughter. Um, which was, which was me. Uh Yes. Um, and unfortunately my mom found a man who kind of supported that and had an affair, um, which ended up, they got a divorce. My parents did when I was about three or four, I can't remember, but I lived with my mom growing up. They um, decided that I would live with her. They were still good friends, but, um, and my dad would see me every other weekend, just a wonderful man. But at this point in your mom's life, when you're three and your parents get a divorce, mm-hmm. is she an alcoholic? Is she an alcoholic? She is she's an alcoholic. addicted. Yes. She's 100%. Okay. Is yeah. this something that she acknowledges or that people around her acknowledged? People around her for sure, but not her. Um, but I don't think she, she saw it as a, an mm-hmm. issue quite yet. Yeah. So I grew up at, four or five years old, I knew the difference between Bud Light and Miller Light. I could get that for her. Um, throughout elementary school, she wouldn't show up to things, you know, kind of, um, I think she had a really rough childhood. Um, a lot of difficult things took place and I think, um, just her confidence level wasn't up where it should be. And, um, I think drinking helped her relax. It Mm -hmm. helped her feel confident and, she always felt like she needed a drink before she could do 
conferences or have birthday parties where other people were going to be there. So every birthday party, every conference, everything like that, that's all I remember was her being a little bit drunk or Mm. a little bit um, not quite right. So it's kind of my normal. When you were young, did you realize that this wasn't normal or did you think that this was normal? It's just how mom is. Did you realize that other kids' parents maybe weren't needing this alcohol as a crutch? Sure. Um, In elementary school, I think I started to see it about second or third grade when I would stay at other people's houses at Mm. night or... I was in brownies and Girl Scouts and things like that. And I would spend time with other families and I, I kind of realized, oh, that, you know, they're married and they have dinner together and the mom seems really involved and um, asks about her day and is, you know, just a lot of things like that. My mom never had dinner with us, you know, just, just little things like that, that what make kind of a quote unquote normal family. Yeah. Um, that wasn't really something that I had. I think the most normal situation I would experience is when I would visit my dad and he got married to my stepmom who's wonderful and they kind of had a stable relationship and actually my stepmom ended up leading my dad to Christ which later um that's how I started to get involved in church a little bit was through her influence Mm -hmm. but yeah and then did you have siblings I did so my mom got remarried and my dad got remarried both to wonderful people my mom always scored great guys And both of them with their new spouse had two daughters. So I had four sisters. Mm -hmm. So you're growing up um, living predominantly with your mom, Mm -hmm. um, your dad every other weekend. Your mom is a functioning alcoholic, would you say? Or is she Um, functioning? Functioning. Yeah. When she needed to. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just, this is so random, but um, last night I couldn't fall asleep because Aaron's out of town. I have a hard time falling asleep when Aaron's out of town. Well, not normally. It's a new thing for me, but whatever. So I turned on um, Hulu and they have movies that you can watch. And there was an oldie, but a goodie that I used to watch all the time. Have you ever seen When a Man Loves a Woman? No, but that is so funny because my grandpa, my mom's father, who's one of my favorite people in the world, he keeps telling me, he's like, you have to watch this movie now that you're an adult because it will explain so much. Oh gosh, that like, just gave me chills yes. because it is. She yes. is an alcoholic. Yes. Um, and she's quote unquote functioning. I mean, you do need to go watch the movie. I won't give it away. Okay. Um, but it's, it's her alcoholism is hurting, is killing her marriage, her family, yes. everything. Did you watch that last night? I watched thir- until I fell okay. asleep 30 minutes. Uh, I put the timer on. I saw okay. the first 30 minutes. Oh, I need to watch it now. Um, All right. But you should watch it. But it yes. is that. It is a, it's a mom, an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a close friend who um, is an alcoholic. She's, she's not, what do you call it when she, she says I'm always an alcoholic, but she doesn't drink. She's right. sober. Dry. She's sober dry, for yeah. like nine years. Yes. Um, and when she teaches at the jail about um, addiction, man, it's just, I look at her and I'm hearing your story talk about your mom. And I realize mm-hmm. that addiction, it, it doesn't see class. It doesn't see color. It doesn't see rate. It doesn't see socioeconomics. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. And I had a conversation with a girlfriend last night and she said that she, one of her clients is getting a divorce because his wife is an alcoholic, you know, and it's okay. just ruining. Yeah. So you grew up in yeah. this kind of, um, addiction family. Mm-hmm. When your mom remarried, you said it was, she always picked good guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did that alter your family life at home? Um, well, I was pretty young. It, I was about seven when they got married and um, I don't know. I, it was good. I thought I knew that he was good for her and I felt like he was a good guy. And so it really was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, was he a drinker? At first, yes, just like my dad was at first. But then I think once he started to see that it was a pretty big problem, my stepdad pulled back and really focused on mom and trying to help her. Mm. And he was the one who, with my 
mom's family's guidance kind of put her into treatment programs and really tried to help encourage her to, she went back to school for nursing and to do different things like that to maybe focus her um, efforts a little bit more towards healing. And, mm-hmm. um, but again, it was never her choice. It was other people kind of urging her to do it. And I think she always felt like people were forcing her mm-hmm. to do it. She still didn't think she had a problem. Yeah. Which don't you think like until you can like self-identify? Mm-hmm. Totally. It's like, yeah, people can drop you off at rehab yeah. a thousand times, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't have like a, an addiction to alcohol problem, praise God. Uh, but there's probably been other things in my life that until I realized mm-hmm. it, people could tell me every day, yeah. you know. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, 
Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Um, so tell me about you get into like middle school, yes. you enter sixth grade and uh-huh. your mom is still kind of out of going out of control, self-destructing. Yeah. What, yeah. what unfolds over the next couple of months? So it's actually f- end of fifth grade. We moved to a house out of an apartment building and, um, that's when things started to really go downhill. It was kind of out in the country and that was just a bigger area for her to hide things. Mm. She also got into cocaine um, pretty heavily, which I wasn't as familiar with. I was more kind of familiar with the drinking. So the cocaine was, um, I learned more about that after the fact, but she, um, she started selling her body for drugs. Um, okay. Let's stop right here because this yeah, is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> so your mom is, yes. um, like everyone starts out like casual mm-hmm. drinker, yeah. alcoholic. Yeah. Now you say she's getting to cocaine. Mm-hmm. Th- this is going to sound like an idiot statement right here. No, no, no. And, but how does one just go out and get into cocaine? Honestly, I have no idea. We think a lot of times, um, this is really hard, but when she was put into treatment, she would meet people mm-hmm. there who were like her, but who also struggled. And I think that's where she met a lot of people that yeah. she fell back mm-hmm. through Unfortunately, those relationships. Yeah. yeah. So your mom gets into cocaine and then she starts mm-hmm. selling her body. You're in fifth grade. Yeah. Do you know grade, grade, yeah. the extent of what's happening? I don't. Okay. No, my stepdad. Does he know with, the extent of what's happening? I believe yes. Okay. But he hid a lot of it from, from you me. girls. He made yeah. sure that we didn't. Because um, at the time I was in sixth grade, my sisters were, gosh, maybe like five and three. Mm-hmm. Um, little. Little. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even younger than that actually. But yeah, we moved to a house and um, that's when it started to get pretty bad. And I just remember laying in bed one night and I didn't know God at this point. I didn't know the Lord. Um, but I just remember laying there praying and just saying, if there is a God, like I just, I was, it was so funny. I, I said, I want, there are three things. I want a happy family. I want to feel joy. And I really want a window seat. Like I just really, that's, that was one of my childhood dreams was I always thought a happy family has, you know, if I'm a girl in a happy family, I'd have a window seat and, you know, I'd be able to sit in it and read. That was just my idea of uh-huh. a happy home. And, um, like I would always look in your house yeah, with a window. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was a reader. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was my constant prayer. And, um, there was just one night that it got really hard and I could hear them fighting. And my mom had been missing for a few days and she came in and I think I was just weeping saying, Lord, I can't do this mm-hmm. anymore. Like, this is really hard. And, um, I don't feel like this is normal for a child to have to go through this. And it was after that, that, uh, my stepdad, another intervention with my grandpa and my mom's sister, they put her in treatment. Again, it was a pretty hardcore program. And, um, my aunt, uh, um, talked to my stepdad and said, you really need to probably leave her at this point, separate from her, um, because she's going to drive with the girls in the mm-hmm. car, like I don't feel like they're safe mm-hmm. at this point if she gets out and this continues. And so he had separated from her while she was in treatment. And so he had all the kids. He had my two sisters. And I moved in with my dad. When my, she went to treatment? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. My biological father who lived about an hour away. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really from that point on that everything just spiraled downward. She, um, in treatment, met 
a man who was not the best guy. Um, and he didn't want to be there either. And they escaped treatment together. Oh, um, like a little yeah. runaway now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, um, I'm not sure did, this is where it gets fuzzy. Did I'm you not, know that at the time or you know that now? I knew that at the time. Okay. Yeah, I mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So basically everyone around is saying this path is not, this is destructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not going to end well. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to get your girls and get out. Yeah. How did you as, I mean, this is, I think about, I have a fourth grade daughter and I have sixth grade boys, you mm-hmm. know, like how, how did you feel about your mom? Because that's, that's where it's mm-hmm. always hard in these situations yeah. because- it's your mom, yeah. you know? And a lot of times kids feel this confliction of, I love my mom. I hate when this Absolutely. is happening. Is that, yes. What did that feel yes. like for you? Yeah. And I, I hid a lot of it from my dad, my biological dad, because I was just afraid that he would take me away. Mm, yeah. And I loved her, but also I had friends in a school that I loved. And yeah, I struggled with that a lot. Um, I actually, <laughs> I watched This Is Us. Do you watch This Is Us? Oh, I'm way behind, but yes. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So... Spoiler the, alert, guys. Okay, Here we sorry. go. It's okay. You can tell it. <laughs> the brand new, ep- the newer episodes, um, Randall, they're um, fostering a, a girl whose mother is addicted. Mm. And um, I cry every episode because I'm, you know, you see the relationship there where this girl's been in such a broken home, but yet she always talks about her mom and she talks about her lovingly, but also Randall and his wife, I'm drop, mm-hmm. dropping her name, but always talk about why isn't she happy here? She has a good place here. And you know, but she just keeps going back to like her mom and her love for her mom. And I, I just, I can relate with that yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because I have a friend yeah. who, um, they have adopted a daughter through foster care. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Her mom was destructive. Yeah. Drugs mm-hmm. from adult eyes in the outside world, not a good mm-hmm. parent. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. the reason she ended up in yeah. foster care and, you know, and she loves her mom. She mm-hmm. talks about her mom. And I think that's hard sometimes when you mention that situation is yeah. as parents, we want to be like, no, your mom's bad. Like, right. yeah, <laughs> she's and, awful. Right. But I think that we can somehow mm-hmm. maybe foster, you love that your mom. And as a fifth yeah. grader, you did love your mom, Yeah, you know, and, and you don't have the the mindset as an adult, like you do now to yeah. look back and be like, she was a really bad mom, you know, Yeah, but yeah. in the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's interesting about how kids it, can carry that weight too. Yeah. It's sad too. Cause when she was a good mom, she's a really good mom, mm. you know? Like she had a Halloween party for me in sixth grade. This was right when it was kind of getting bad, but she was doing like back handsprings as a 32 year old woman. I'm, I mean, it's just, she was fun and she was happy and joyful. It's just, you know, if she, if she would have recognized her strengths, I think that would have yeah. helped her. But, yeah. yeah. So she, your mom, like, you know, escapes treatment. She does. Which yeah. this is like a movie, you yeah. know, I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, she escapes treatment with this guy, you know, because they've told you, um, did she come home? Was she like with this guy? She was with him. Um, they, this is where I don't know a lot of the details on how, um, they got an apartment together. Uh, This was actually between seventh and eighth grade at this point. So, um, I had moved in with my dad and she wanted me to come visit her every other weekend and see her. And did she um, have your sisters? No, my stepdad. Actually, um, that's part of the story is he, um, he would not let my sisters be with her unless I was there because I was quite a bit older than them. And I knew when she was to the point where she could not drive or, um, be responsible. And, and that's it, a lot of responsibility for an eighth grader, um, 
I, I understand it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. We, I had there had been times where she wanted to leave and have us get in the car, and I said, "No, we're okay. not leaving." And she respected that. She, I had to fight her off a little yeah. bit, but yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a lot of wisdom and responsibility for an eighth grader. But yeah, that's crazy. Okay, it's so she's about. in the apartment. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would go visit, mm-hmm. and they were making a life together. Her and her trying to. Friend. I think it was. Um, yeah, it was, it was strange. It was just all strange. Mm-hmm. And I, he was always very nice to me, but I could tell, um, there was some things there that were red flags too. Um, she broke her ankle mysteriously. And I still don't, I don't want to say that, that, that he did that, but there were a lot of red flags that I, I was not sure how the relationship was going. So it could have been a destructive relationship as well. Been. Yes. Yeah. There was a, also a 911 call, um, on file that she had called 911. And once the police got to the door, they heard a scuffle inside and they, they knocked the door down. But mom said, nope, we're fine. We're good. Everything's fine. So I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if, if there was abuse there. Mm. Okay. So what happened Mm -hmm. next? Yeah. So somewhere between eighth and ninth grade, I was, um, getting involved in sports and activities and things like that. Um, so I wasn't visiting as often, and there was one weekend at the middle of summer um, that I was going to nanny for a family friend. Um, they were going on vacation and I was going to go with them. And I, I did, I told my mom I wouldn't be there that weekend because I was going to nanny, but she didn't tell my stepdad and I didn't tell my stepdad. Um, and unfortunately I left for that trip and my stepdad dropped the girls off and I don't know if mom told my stepdad that I was coming and I would be there just so that he would drop them off. Cause he clearly but knew you weren't there he, when he dropped them right, off. Right. Yeah. Yes. So he dropped them off. They, um, from what we know now, she spent the day, they spent the day together, um, with some other friends. Mom drank a little bit during the day, um, but not a ton. And then, um, Todd is the man that was her boyfriend at the mm-hmm. time he came home and really wanted her to go to a party with him. And what I've learned now after the fact is she said, no, she didn't want to go because he was already drunk, but it sounds like he was kind of forceful about them going. And so, um, she took the girls and they got in the car and went to a work party for Todd's work. So like a kid appropriate party Um, or did she kind of take them along? Probably not, but she didn't, she couldn't leave them at home. Um, so she did end up taking them. They ended up drinking quite a bit there and they got back in the car to go home. All four of them? All four of them. Um, at this point, Todd had been drinking all day long. I mean, he was a chronic drinker, had probably started first thing in the morning um, and had been drinking all day. So they got in the car, um, turned down the wrong way, going down an interstate. So they were in, they were going northbound in a southbound lane for a few miles Um and this is what time of day? Evening. Okay. June 19th. Yep. It was summer evening. Um, is it dark? Nope. Okay. It was about seven o'clock. So okay. it was still light out. A man named Josh saw them driving the wrong way. He saw there were kids in the car. So he drove alongside them trying the to get them way. to turn around. Yes. Wow. He did everything that he possibly could. They must have, it must have been about five or so miles mm. that they were going the wrong direction at about 65 to 70 miles per hour. You know, you, you read stories like this mm. and you, you hear about people driving the wrong way on a highway. And yeah. I think about that sometimes when I'm on the freeway and I'm just yeah. like, 
I, I, you have to be yeah, completely focused. Un, but like to do that, you would have oh, to be completely yeah, yeah. unaware yes. of your surroundings. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we're talking completely unaware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're driving for five miles the wrong way. Yes. Girls are in the backseat. Girls are in the backseat. Nobody's buckled. Nobody's buckled. Nobody's buckled. Um, Josh said he saw the girls bouncing around. That's how he knew they weren't buckled. Um, how, Todd, did he say anything about they were probably completely unaware? They were. Yeah. My mom wasn't, was looking straight ahead. Todd had, was smoking a cigarette. Your mom was driving? My mom was not driving. My mom was passenger. Okay. They were both completely drunk though. So I do put my mom at fault here, but, um, they ended up crashing head on into another vehicle. Um, everyone in my mom's car died immediately. Um, one of my sisters was thrown from the vehicle. Um, one man in the other car died. He was a young newlywed, um, man. The three men were coming back from a fishing trip. It was kind of a little family trip. Um, a father-in-law, the son-in-law and a family friend. Um, and the son-in-law died. Was he driving? He was driving. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It makes me cry. I know. know. So it makes me cry too. (laughs) So Josh, the man that's driving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Sees this all happen. Well, so he actually, this was before cell phones were. I don't want to jump ahead. Oh, okay. Because I want to get there. Okay. (laughs) Let's, let's, because I I led you too far. Let's do this. You, okay. So this happens the Mm -hmm. crash, the accident. Mm -hmm. Um, You're away. I'm away. Um, who told you? When did you find out? Mm-hmm. So this happened on a Saturday night. I didn't find out till Monday. Um, you didn't find out till Monday? No. Because I, they oh, didn't sorry. tell oh, you? I'm sorry. That's wrong. I found out Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Um, my dad, they wanted to tell me in person. My and you dad were did. away. I was in Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, my dad drove to pick me up and it was about, I think like six hours away. So he wanted to tell me in person. Mm. And he and my stepmom drove to where I was and picked me up. And they told you in the car? They told me right when they got there. Yeah. How? I mean, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. an eighth grade girl yeah. who lost her mom that she's watched pretty much self-destruct her whole life. Yeah. Um, and you lose your sisters. That was unimaginable. Yeah. Well, yes, because when my dad got there to tell me, he walked in and I was just thrown off that he was there in the first place because I was supposed to be on vacation with this family. And he walked in and just the look on his face, um, I immediately just said, mom's dead, isn't she? Like it just- That was the first thing first you said? Thing. Yeah. Immediately. I just knew it. I, it's like everyone was just kind of like, everyone, yeah. it feels like what you're telling me is everyone knew what was the end of that, this road. That's where it was His destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the first thing you said. It was the first thing I said. Mm-hmm. But it when I said that, Um, my dad nodded and I just kind of sat down, but it took what felt like probably five more minutes of me just sitting there kind of processing. And I looked back up and my stepmom just looked at me and they were crying and I just knew there was more to it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I thought that was it. Like, but my, I can't remember who said it, but one of them said, no, there's, there's more and it's really bad. Um, and I just looked and I said, not Amanda and Samantha. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah. Yeah, they're gone. And so um, that I had not prepared for at all. I mean, because 
And then immediately my mind thought, oh no, I didn't tell him I wouldn't be there. And it just, it was immediately like, it's my fault. It's my fault. You immediately um, thought that. Immediately. Because mm. I knew that I should have, I should have been there. And I knew it was probably an accident, like a car accident right away. And so did they tell you the story? They did. Um, I mean, they said it was a really bad car accident. And then the details kind of came out as we drove home. But um, yeah. So you get home and your life is now completely changed forever. Mm-hmm. Your mom has been in an accident caused by her own destruction, basically, even though you said she wasn't driving. Uh, your sisters are gone. Um, when did you see your stepdad next? Um, I think immediately either that night or the next day. And what was that like? Really hard. Yeah. Cause he had separated from my mom to prevent this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he still, I mean, he loved my mom. Yeah. You know, he did. It's just, he was really trying to protect his girls. Um, I think it was, he lost everything that he loved in one swoop. Mm. Yeah. Did your stepdad ever bring up what you felt guilty about? No. Mm. I, well, I mean, we've talked about it. He said, I mean, he said it was not your fault. It was not your fault. Um, but I think both of us feel bl- like we could have done more. Yeah. Because yeah. we were, I mean, he and I saw everything, you know, we went through a lot, all of it together. So I feel a very strong connection with him. Yeah. Um, looking back as, you know, a 30 year old woman Mm -hmm. married and all your boys that you have looking back on this story and that night and that feeling of you and your stepdad, both feeling like we saw it all. We could have done more. Have you reconciled that inside your heart? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Recently or did it take a while or soon? Recently. Okay. Yeah. It took a long time. Yeah. I didn't realize I was still holding holding on to that. Yeah. Yeah. What brought that out? Um, so this this May, um, our church was going through some hard things. And um, anytime, usually once a year in the summer around the accident, I take out what I call the crash box. And it's just a box my aunt, my mom's sister, um, compiled with all the articles from the accident. And that was at the time where a lot of news was still in papers. Uh-huh. It wasn't online. It was in 1999. Um, the accident happened. And so all of these articles, I'd read through them once a year, every year and um, have a good cry. And then I put it back up and just wait till the next year. And I pulled it out and was reading through it. Um, some of the articles and I don't know why it dawned on me this time, but some of the names that popped up in the articles, the Josh that was driving alongside um, the car and the name of the man who died in the other vehicle and um, even the state trooper that investigated the accident. And their names just popped out to me and it was the first time it dawned on me, like I have the internet. I could probably look these people up or at least just see how they're doing, you know, kind of like a stocking sort of a thing. Um, but just, I, just to reassure myself, like, okay, they're doing okay. Like, um, because when this happened in 1999 and you're 13, yeah, 13, 13 almost years 14, old, yeah. almost 14, mm-hmm. um, you're, you probably didn't, I'm, I'm assuming cause I have a 13 year old, mm-hmm. you probably didn't even think much about that there no. was another victim. No, I mean, everything was so much. Right. I mean, yeah, you're 13, you just so lost much. your mom and yeah. your sisters. And so the idea that there's a whole nother family mm-hmm. grieving yes. through this, yeah. um, 
being older and I want to get to what you did, knowing that there's another family mm-hmm. and you've probably talked to your dad and your stepdad about this journey that you've been on this year, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Did they ever, was there any conversation with the other family at all at the when this at happened? The time? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. There's a lot that went on. Um, not necessarily conversation with the other family of the man who died. Um, but more, my family tried to find Josh, the man who drove alongside the car. I think he, I could be wrong, but I think he was in the military. And so it was really hard to Mm -hmm. find him. There was some reason why they couldn't find him. Um, there was more, I think my family focused more on trying to, um, you know, when someone dies, you want to blame someone. And Mm -hmm. so finding the party that they were at and kind of asking the people there, why didn't you stop them? They were drunk, you know, blaming Todd and his family and the dad, his dad, because he was with his dad all day drinking. Todd was, and just, you want to blame when, you know, um, but it's funny because at the time, I think I just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't anybody's, you can't place blame. That's not gonna, um, it's going to make you feel better you, in the long you run. You felt that at 13? I did. Yeah. I talked to my grandpa about it because I said, it, I always knew this could happen. I mean, it was just a, it was a slow progression, yeah. but it, I always knew it could happen. So I can't blame someone else for her choices. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I felt that in my heart. And I think I told my grandpa, but that was the only other yeah. person that I talked to. So you grew, you grew up and you finished middle school, you finished high school, college, yeah. marriage, all these things. Yeah. Um, and something severely traumatic happened mm-hmm. at 13 and you endured a lot of trauma before then as well. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. You know, you grew up in a, with an alcoholic mom. Um, did you, at the time, did you just stuff and stuff and stuff? Did you, did you I, deal with it? And you said you weren't a believer. Not when it happened. Yeah. No. I, I, I had been going to church, but I wouldn't say that I had mm-hmm. accepted Christ. Um, no, no. I, I think I had grown up so crying so often that I had pretty much stopped crying by You're the time numb. I was numb. Huh. Yeah. I, I had a lot of walls and, um, I think about how hard that was for my dad and my stepmom in those years following, because not only was I a teenager, but I Which was is hard in itself. an introvert yeah. and I was dealing with everything and I just closed myself off. I did not want to talk to anyone. I, I felt shame, so much shame for my mom and what she did. And you for, were ashamed of your... I was ashamed of that. Yeah. Mm. I didn't tell a lot of my friends. Um, we moved around just a little bit and I just never shared my story because I was af- I was afraid of what other people would think about my mom and yeah. about she was responsible for the lives of other people, you know, killing mm. other people. So I think it was... Um, in high school, we moved to Texas for a year and a half and my dad, um, had found a church and, um, <laughs> I, I was always in my room, closed off in my room. And he um, came in one day and he said, you're going to youth group, get, cl- you know, get whatever you want to wear and I'm dropping you off and I'll pick you up in two hours. And I was like, I'm not going to youth group. <laughs> like no way. And I put on an Iowa Hawkeye sweatshirt cause I'm from Iowa and, um, at the time I was just, I, Texas was so different and I was just so lonely. And I walked in to youth group and you've had Sarah Bessie on here. Her husband was our youth pastor at the time there. And he's this big, like tall, like he's like a Nebraska guy. Oh, he's awesome. Uh-huh. And he's loud and he's outgoing. And he saw me with my Iowa Hawkeye sweatshirt and he probably said something really funny, like Midwest is the uh-huh. best, but he just 
gave me a huge hug. And he said, we're so glad you're here. And, um, I think from then on through those two, through Brian and Sarah, they kind of mentored me through that season. Um, and Sarah was the very first person. She took me out for gyro in San Antonio for Greek food. And she turned to me and said, what's your story? Mm. And, um, that was the very first time I've ever felt freedom sharing. And I just shared everything with her. And I remember she looked at me at the end of it. Um, and she was just crying and she said, you know, this isn't your fault, right? Like she said, you, um, you have a beautiful story and God's going to use it. Um, and I just remember feeling so much like the burden just was taken uh, off of me because someone listened uh-huh. and like, it was almost like she said me too, yeah. you know, like she was, and I'm reading your story right now, Jamie, <laughs> I'm reading your book and you have that same this, story. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You talk about this in your book. Um, I just think we all need someone that's our me too, like our original me too. And, um, I just remember after that, I felt like, okay, God's given me this to share with others so that they don't feel like I did, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I I say this so many times, man, like I already said it, stories change the world. And my story is not the same as yours, but it moves me. And I under, I understand what that feels like to have Mm -hmm. something you don't want to say out loud. Yeah. You know, mine was different and yours was not even you, you know, it was like your family. Right. But it doesn't matter what it is. We have this where we're like, mm-hmm. if I say this, I mean, not to like talk about my book, but the thing is, yeah. what if people knew? Like, yeah. if you only knew yeah. this part of my story um, and what freedom it is when someone listens, mm-hmm. it's like, they're just offering you this like yeah. safe place yeah. and they hold that safeness with you. Like, it's yeah. just beautiful. And it is. I remember my, I was mentored by an, an older woman as well. Um, uh, her name was Amy. And I remember I told her my story, um, and she just listened and yeah. she took it, you know, and she didn't make me feel bad at all. Yeah. And so you're in high school. Would you say that you became a Christ follower in high school? Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So you're growing up, you're shame of this and Jesus comes in mm-hmm. and then you just kind of go through life. Like yeah. you just kind of do your thing. Yeah. It did, did this affect you every day? Um. Yeah. I felt like the first years after becoming a believer were great. You know, I was just, I had so much joy, but I think it was when, when I got married to my husband that a lot of stuff came out because he grew up in a great family, like great home. Um, I have the most amazing in-laws ever. Um, but I had a completely different story. And so reconciling that, I mean, I don't know how non-believers stay married those first five years because really there was some moments where it's like, okay, we're committed to commitment. We don't like or love each other right now at all. Like, and, um, and that was a lot of, it was me. Like I just, were you I, young when you got married? Yeah. Oh, we were 21. Babies. Just, just 21. You're yeah, babies. You're babies. I don't even know how that. I, do you remember the first time you told your, your husband all of this? Yes, I do. Was this like early when you were dating? Um, Yes, it was. Yeah. And were you scared? I was terrified. Yeah. Isn't that funny that it, it's not even like anything you did? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand that feeling of that. I can't say this out loud, mm-hmm. but like your story is like, it's like your family, you know, like mm-hmm. you didn't even, although I don't know if you were still dealing with the guilt of, right. I should have been there, mm-hmm. but how did your husband react when you told him? Just like Sarah. I mean, he's like, it's just, it's you. That's your story. Like, I love all of you, you know? 
Um, which I mean, then I knew I was going to marry him, but (laughs) I think, I think I had a lot of, um, insecurity thinking, but I'm not like your mom, Mm. you know? Um, and my mom was not like your mom. So I think I had a lot of insecurity and like, why do you like me? I've not been a Christian my whole life. I don't even know. Like we joke, he, now he sings, um, like little church camp songs with our kids. And I, he's like, join in, join in. And I'm like, ah, I don't know this. He's in as a child. I don't know what you're singing right now. Yeah. But, um, I think there's a lot of, we joke about it now, but I think those first few years were really hard. Yeah. Just trying to figure out what it means to be a wife, what it means to later be a mother. And that was a whole different issue. And, um, yeah, it's just been a growing process for sure. Because the struggle for you, I can imagine, is you you have no point of reference. Yeah. You have no, you didn't see a mom who was mm. sober yeah. and you, you saw her in her lowest of lows mm-hmm. and self-destruct all the way to death. And mm-hmm. so you didn't have, and you didn't see this wife picture either. No. You know, because yeah. she was divorced from your dad and then separated. And so I'm sure you brought a lot of that in. Yeah. And then- Married into like this amazing family. Oh, You're like, They're are you so sure great. this is what you I want? Know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, is you, are you sure? Like, yeah. That's hilarious. But my sister-in-laws are awesome. And we kind of all have our own stories. Yeah. And so. Are there all campment boys? Yeah. There's no girl. Okay. Three campment boys. Okay. Okay, friends. I know this is such a hard story. It is. It is. It is. But I am still so proud of her for being so brave. And there's some good stuff ahead. Before we get to the rest of her story, I want to thank our sponsors. Our first sponsor for today is HelloFresh. There are so many things I love about HelloFresh. One of them is that all of the ingredients that they send you come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits. So you know which ingredients go with which recipe. And for someone like myself who is not a seasoned chef, who doesn't enjoy cooking at the end of the day, that right there is probably my number one favorite thing. It's delivered right to your doorstep in a recyclable insulated packaging. HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef curated recipes that change weekly. You guys, there's three different plans you can choose from, classic, veggie, and family. And I wanna let you know, I've gone back and forth between all of them. The classic is just your classic. It has meat, fish, and produce. Veggie, obviously it's vegetarian with plant-based proteins. And then family is quick and easy meals with all the yum flavor worthy for the whole family will love. I told you guys last week when Aaron was on the show that I loved HelloFresh so much because of the simplicity. When I'm cooking in the kitchen, I like it to be simple, but we want good food. And so with simplicity of the HelloFresh is that it's not going to take all night because they usually take around 30 minutes. There's a lot of one pot recipes, which make life just so much easier if you're like me, when your kids have practice or piano lessons or whatever it might be. The simplicity of the meals is a big deal for me. One of the favorite things I've made with them recently is their risotto because risotto is one of my favorite meals, but it is a hard meal to cook and HelloFresh makes it so simple for me. HelloFresh, thank you for that. Hey guys, right now, HelloFresh is giving you $30 off your first week. Visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code JamieIvy30. That's $30 off your first week, which right now around the holiday season might not be a bad idea to try because life just is about to get crazy, people. You know what I mean? HelloFresh.com, enter the promo code JamieIvy30. Guys, I also want to tell you about my new book, If You Only Knew. It releases in January of 2018. In this book, I share my story and how I began to believe the truths that God says about us as His children. It's vulnerable, it's real, it's raw. I think I'm kind of funny in it sometimes. I know it's only November and January seems like it's forever away, but you know it's not, right? 
Right now, you can pre-order this book. Head on over to ifyouonlyknewbook.net. Place your order and then enter into the giveaways that you can get for basically just pre-ordering the book. Everyone that pre-orders this book before it releases on January 30th receives a 20% off coupon to Waterloo Style, which they make my favorite feather earrings. And you're gonna get an entry to win a weekend away at Green Acres, which is a glamping retreat center right outside of Austin that my husband and I co-own with some friends of ours. Okay, friends, back to the show and get ready because there's some good stuff ahead in Abby's story. Um, okay, so this summer, you you pull out your great... What'd you call it? The crash box. The crash yeah. box. Um, have you had that crash box since you were 13? Yeah, pretty soon after my aunt gave it to okay. me. Yeah. Your, your mom's sister. My mom's sister. What an insightful thing of her to create this, to give to you because... She's amazing. It yeah. would seem like your first thought might be like, let's just forget that this happened. Mm-hmm. We don't want to dwell on this. Yeah. Um, but I think there is something to actually remembering all everything, mm-hmm. you know? And so she gives you the crash box. Mm-hmm. Um, you pull it out this year, just like every other year, mm-hmm. um, June 19th. June 19th is pull the it date. Out, just mm-hmm. like every other year. Mm-hmm. And this year you're reading it and you're thinking, wait, I have the internet. It's yeah. 2017. Right. <laughs> I can find yeah. Josh. Yeah. I can find the family. Um, and so you had a crazy idea. Uh, yeah, I would say it was like a spur of the moment. Crazy. Did yes. you tell your husband or did you I just did not act? tell him? That's no. spur of the moment. Did you not tell him because it just happened so fast or because he you... wasn't home? Okay. Yeah. And it just, it was one of those moments where I was acting before I was thinking, uh-huh. I think in a good way. Um, sometimes that, that can be bad. Right. But, um, I decided to once, well, it took me about an hour, but I found the three people I really wanted to find. You um, are like private detective over I here. I know you can find everything on the internet. It's I know my really girlfriend, Amy, like if she sees somebody, she's like, I'm going to find them on Facebook. Oh and she does. I know it scares me a little bit. Um, but no, I wanted to find the sheriff who investigated the accident. Um, I wanted to find the widow mm. of, um, Steven, the man who died in the other car. And I wanted to find Josh because my family had tried for so many years. Well, not so many years, a couple of years to find him. Yeah. It took, I found the sheriff and Carla, the widow Mm -hmm. right away. It took a little longer to find Josh. Um, I found his wife actually. And so I messaged all three of them on Facebook. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Well, and I thought with, when you're not friends with people on Facebook, I thought, okay, it's going to go to their spam folder. For sure. They might never see it. For sure. Um, and so you did it thinking, what are the odds? Yeah. This is probably just another, yeah. you know, useless search. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then how long was it? Three days. Three days. Did you tell your husband when he got home? Uh, once they contacted me, yeah. Did you, did you forget <laughs> or did you just like think, I it's not going to happen? I didn't Why think it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen. Mm-mm. So you open your Facebook there's a message uh, yeah, and I'm it's from shaking. who first? The Carla. Carla. Yeah. I was shaking. I, what did you say in the message? Are you like, Hey, my name's no, <laughs> I, I was, I was respectful. I, um, because are you thinking this too? They may not want yeah, to hear absolutely. from the, the yeah. woman who was in the car mm-hmm. that yep. changed my life forever. Right. Okay. Yes. I think I said, I said a, something a little different to each of them, but Carla in particular was the one is, are we looking at 17 years ago? Eight, uh, 18. Okay. Yeah, 18 years ago. 18 years ago. Um, I just said something like, this is Abby Campman. You may not know who I am, but um, 18 years ago, my mom was responsible for um, taking the life of your husband through um, 
a car accident. And I said, this may not even be you. I could be totally wrong. So just disregard. Um, but I just wanted to say, I'm sorry on behalf of my family. And, um, she got back to me. Wow. Yeah. And she was a beautiful, it was a beautiful response. She said, um, she said, thank you for getting in touch with me. I mean, you could hear the emotion Uh in her email, just even saying like, I, I was crying when I first read your message. Yes, that's me. Um, thank you for getting in touch with me. She said, um, what she did say was she said, uh, can I call you? I, I want to call you. Um, so we set up uh, a time to talk and we, she called I bet me. you were so nervous. I was terrified. And I have four boys at home and it's the summer. And so I'm like, how do I yeah. keep them away uh-huh. so I can have this conversation? And um, I, yeah. So she called me, I recalled her um, a few days later and we talked for over an hour. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh-huh. And she's wonderful. Um, she's also a believer and um, she was very young at the time that it happened to, she was in her low twenties, um, very young, newlywed woman. And, um, she said that, and her dad was in the car too. Mm-hmm. So her dad, um, survived and he was broke so many bones and was just had to heal for that whole summer afterwards. So she was not only going through losing her husband, but helping her dad heal physically. Um, and she's, she just told me everything about how she felt and what she went through. And, um, she moved away for a little while, uh, just to, to process. And as she, when she moved away, she met a new um, man and ended up getting married and his birthday, actually her second husband's birthday is the day of their deaths June 19th. Yeah. Um, so she said, now we celebrate that day instead of, you know, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. But, um, and then she ended up moving back home mm-hmm. after they got married and now lives in St. Louis. And we hope one of my dear, dear friends is moving to St. Louis. And so I told Carla, I'm like, well, I have a really good reason to come see you. Yeah. So we're going to get together. It's amazing. Yeah. And then you found Josh. I found Josh. Yeah. Uh, I found his wife. She's so sweet. Um, they have a little boy now and yeah, we have, we've only communicated through Facebook, mm-hmm. but, um, I feel like from the communication with him, he always felt very burdened that he didn't do enough. Mm. Um, At the time that this happened, he was driving alongside the car. Um, It was kind of- Which is dangerous as well. Yes. Right? Yes. So he he put himself in danger. And then it was before cell phones were really kind of a big deal. So he had pulled off of the interstate to call someone to call. Like to, at a payphone? At, at a, I think a um, gas station. Doesn't that sound like so old yes. now? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, to tell them, what, you know, someone's driving the wrong direction. Yeah. And when he pulled back on the interstate, he came up on the crash. Uh. So he saw right before and right after. And I, he was one of the people that got out to like help with the bodies and give a statement and all of those things. So, yeah. And then... Yeah. Anyone, did the sheriff, did you find him? I did. And how was that? He's been wonderful. Um, He's now, this was one of the very first accident scene or fatality um, accidents he had investigated in his career. And he said, um, he's like, I've had flashbacks of looking at your sister's bodies for years. Um, Because at the time he was so young, he had never experienced something like that before. And 
now that he has children of his own and he only lives a few hours away from me. Um, so we're going to get together soon too, but he called me and we talked for over an hour and he was so kind because he went back up into his files and found every piece of information because he saved everything from all his reports that he'd ever written and um, just tried to give me all the possible information he could um, from memory and from his report. And he got me um, in touch with the person that sent me the copy of the accident report and the photos of the bodies. So I got all of that. Did you want that? I did. Yeah. I wanted everything that was out there. Was that there. this summer? Was oh, this summer. Yeah, yes. that you got the accident mm-hmm. report and the Absolutely. bodies, mm-hmm. the pictures. Yeah. How was that, looking at that? Um, it took a little while to get it. And then the accident report came first. They had to, because it was 99, they had to, um, there were negatives. So they had to go get copies of the negatives. So the photos took a little bit longer to get there. So it was in pieces. I got the accident report first. And um, that has... That was hard because um, it talks a lot about the injured and um, the drivers. But when it came to the fatalities, my my mom and sisters were just a number. You know, mm-hmm. in the report, it was just like five fatalities. But it describes the drivers because they were the ones in charge of the vehicle. Um, and so that was really hard just thinking about my mom and sisters being seen as a number. And I had to process through that thinking... When I hear of large numbers of people that die, I just think it's a, in a number. I don't really process that. That was someone's mom or sister or wife. Um, so that was hard. But then also the accident report has um, interviews of people who stopped to help. And I we had always heard my family that someone pulled, one of my sisters through, um, was ejected from the vehicle. The other one was pulled from the car by um, someone who had stopped. And that helped, that saved her body from burning because the car caught on fire. Um, and so I had always wondered who did that, you know? And so when I got the accident report, um, it has five or six people that they interviewed that were at the scene. And one of them was this man named Wayne and his wife, Lynn, and their statements are in there. Um, and they, they drove and had stopped um, once they saw the dust. And their, once they stopped, their lights shone on a body and it was my sister's body that had been thrown from the the vehicle. And so um, I actually got in touch with him a little bit too, because I was going for everyone at this point. And he said, "Um, yeah, I was a first responder, but I was off duty. And my wife and I were just on our way home and we saw it happen. And so I immediately, once we stopped our car and saw the body, we got out just to try to help and see what we could do. And we ended up pulling one of your sisters from the car. but she had already Passed. been dead. Yeah. 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 Um, what did, what has the healing been like since the summer? Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think that getting in contact with these people was like one of these final things to really help you heal? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not suggesting that you're healed, that you're no. ever going to be healed yeah, from yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds to me as though it was kind of monumental this summer with huge. finding the people. Yeah. You think it was like this missing piece for you? I think so. I think um, it allowed me to actually make it real. I think for so many years, I just kind of had put up walls and kind of just hadn't dealt with it. You know, I, I've cried more this summer than I ever have. And I don't, I, I'm not really a crier, but I can't stop. And I think it's good because I think there were feelings I needed to feel. Um, and that's why I got the photos, the accident photos, because 
I didn't see them before they died and my mom was cremated. So I didn't see her. And I just said, I need to, I need to see the results of her choices. I need to see that final picture because that's what happened. That was the, that's what led to, that's what it led to. And I need, I needed to see that. My husband was just like, why would you ever want to see that? Um, and the accident photos are on a CD, but they gave you a, a little thumbnail sheet. And I've only looked at the thumbnails. I have not been able to take the CD out and look at the full-blown pictures, but the thumbnails themselves are in full color. And just to look at, you know, her her bloodied body, I mean, it, it, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I just, um, I think I needed to see the, the brokenness and the pain before I could really heal myself. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned that you've really struggled with sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Um, the shame that you felt early on, um, the guilt you felt at 13 when this happened. Um, what is it like today? I mean, you're obviously sharing your story with me and everyone that's listening. Yes. Crazy. Um, are you a little more comfortable with it? Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, because I think it can help someone. I think if I think of it like someone can be helped from this or someone might not feel as alone or even um, if it helps someone reach out to the other. You know, I was just talking to my sister-in-law this morning about um, anytime something happens where it's uh, um, a car accident and you read about it, I'm always thinking about the family of the person that caused it. Or, you know, is anyone reaching out to them? Like who's reaching out to them because they're broken too. You know, I think with um, even the shootings in Las Vegas recently and they interviewed his brother, the shooter's brother, and he's just like, I had no idea. Like I just didn't know. And I think about him and just people like that, their lives are now marked by someone else that they didn't choose that. But um, it's not our natural response to go to that person. It's to go to the, the person that, yeah. Um, so I, I guess just those people knowing that, um, there's healing that can come from sharing your story and from reaching out to people that are on the other side. Not, yeah. On the other I mean, side. Because the reality of it is, is that your mom mm-hmm. and the driver, but your mom mm-hmm. caused a very tragic event. And that is something that could be labeled of you, mm-hmm. you know? That was yeah. my mom, you know, and yep. I can understand, um, not completely, but in a small way of how that would feel. Now, you became a Christian in high school after this. Mm-hmm. What does your faith look like through everything from your journey, through your healing for dealing with shame to now feeling like I want to share my story? Yeah. What has faith played a role? How has your faith played a role in oh, that? Oh, goodness. Um, it's been everything. Uh, it's been a, a journey, though. I feel like at first, when I first became a believer, I was all about doing everything right, mm-hmm. like... I, you know, like someone who's been a Christian their whole life. Like I need to have a quiet time and I need to do this. And I was very formulaic about it. Check up all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just felt so much joy being taken from me, just feeling like I had to operate a certain way. And um, I think now I just, I just talk to God a lot, you know, Um, it's just become like a daily constant thing. Um, to just talk to him and to pray and 
just be real with him. Like if I'm struggling, if I'm angry about something, if I'm reading the Bible and I don't understand something, I just, I get angry and I ask him and um, I think it's okay to do that. I think it's okay to like struggle through your, your faith and your questions. Cause I don't think we're ever going to arrive um, until we die, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think if you're constantly struggling with questions and asking why and having, allowing God to, to teach you through those, those questions, I think um, that's where we learn the most. Were you ever mad about at him? Yeah. About your childhood and your mom and all that? I was mad about my sisters. Mm. Um, I think my mom, I, I knew it could always happen. And I knew she made choice after choice. You immediately thought that when you saw your dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, But I was so angry about my sisters and I still struggle with when children die, Mm -hmm. you know, or they're sex trafficked or something like that. I just think, why, like, why, why a child, you know? Um, but I know that he has purpose in everything. Abby, your story is, I mean, it's maybe everyone's crying that's listening. Mm-hmm. They've been crying for like an hour. No. <laughs> um, but again, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And we just mm-hmm. met an hour ago, but I'm so proud of you because I can see the way that God has totally brought you to a place of, um, you'll deal with this forever. Mm-hmm. This will never not be a part of your story. Mm-hmm. It's going to be there forever. Yeah. Um, but God is a redeemer. And God has redeemed your life um, for good. And and you're not just Abby, whose mom, you know, was in a tragic accident yes. and caused the death of her daughters. Uh, there's more. Um, yeah. There's more to who you are. And I think that your story, people are going to relate on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Even just walking through like the hardest seasons, like I told you before we started yeah. recording, man, it's just life is so hard. Mm-hmm. And although some of us will not have our loved one dying a tragic accident like that. Yeah. We're all going to walk through stuff that is just so tragic and so hard. Um, And I'm thankful for the way that you're walking through it now. Yeah. I think it's those seasons that we grow the most. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I'm going to, I want, it's, it, this is the hardest transition ever of like, Hey, what are you loving these days? (laughs) But I do want to ask you this before we go on to what you're loving and what you're reading. Have you told your boys about this? Yes. And um, tell us the ages of them real quick. Mm-hmm. So we have four boys, eight, six, four, and almost two. Okay. They're little. They're little. They're tiny. Yeah. Okay. So have you told them about this? We are eight-year-old, our oldest. I mean, he knows that my mom is not in the picture. So, um, and we have a lot of different family. My mom's sister will visit sometimes. Uh-huh. So it's kind of con- confusing, but yes, we've been very honest about, you know, she drank alcohol, too much of it, and um, she caused an accident or was in an accident that that caused her to die. Yeah. 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 I'm sure as they grow, there's a lot more. Yeah. Yes. Age appropriate, as oh, we yeah. say all the time. Yep. Age appropriate. Yeah. They have no need to know right now right. what you endure yes. as a child. But one day, you know, it'll be age appropriate yeah. and, you but know. I'm always amazed too at the questions that they ask and how they respond. Like they're just, a lot of times they're really insightful, children mm-hmm. are, and um. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's been good. It's been good for me. I don't want to hide things from them, but that's awesome. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. 
Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Yeah. Okay, so what are you loving these days? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I talked about This Is Us. Uh, yes. And you know what? I'm not a TV watcher, really, uh-huh. which is kind of funny. And my husband would love me to be. But um, This Is Us and Parenthood yeah. were both um, recommended to me by my friends. And I always think there's got to be some writer that has struggled with all of these things because they're almost... And then I read the parenthood, one of the writers had an autistic child or the director, Uh um, which made it more real. I mean, then you know that these are people and these are real stories just told through characters. But when I watch This Is Us, I mean, I have friends who've adopted children and they're like, yes, like I've felt all of these feelings. And, you know, with the foster child Mm -hmm. having a mom, I just... It's just it powerful. It like gets to your emotions. It's powerful. I know. Yes. I've cried through all of them. Losing a parent. Yes. And I just, yeah. Everything. Okay. So this is us. This is us. Um, my butterfly bracelet. I know. it show actually it to already. you? It's yes. noonday. Oh, I love it. So I'm an original noonday lover. Okay. I don't, I don't sell it. No, oh, okay. I don't sell it. Okay. But I have given them all my money. Um, Are those noonday earrings? Yes, they are. They're old. And I have on Noonday uh, necklace. Yeah. I um. So Jess Honiger was at our restaurant last night that we went out to eat too, but I was too Did you nervous. Say hi? No. Oh, you totally like, should I have. I don't want to be a fangirl, but. Where'd y'all eat? Uh, Salty Sal. Good restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Your Noonday. My uh, Noonday bracelet because bracelet. I when I that. saw it, I was, um, I've been going through the season where I just feel like what was ugly mm. and earthly and broken in my life and God just has wrapped himself around it and made it beautiful. And when I saw this, I was just like, I need to buy it because it's such a perfect picture of his, his grace. So I wear it it all the time now. Yeah. Um, uh, my D group. Are you in a D group? I'm in a D group. Um, before Tara came on, we were, we've been in our D group for almost three years now. My friend Liz, um, started the first one in Des Moines, I think. Um, and it's been transformational for my, um, confidence in studying the word. I think I used to be a person that, and probably a lot of women are like this. Like you feel like you need something like a study study. guide Uh or something Mm -hmm. to, to approach the Bible. Right. And this was the very first time you know, you just, you open your Bible and you're supposed to read it yeah, and like, I love it. Decipher yes. it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> right. Like, that's just impossible. But I, this, these three years, I mean, it's just been really given all of us in this, in our study um, of women, just the power to understand the word I together and through prayer and memorization and things like that. So her and Tara and Jen Wilkin are two amazing women that I just... <laughs> They've admire. both been on the show. Tara Lee Cobble was on um, episode number 112, yeah. and she talks a lot about her um, D group. And then Jen Wilkin was also on episode number 14. Yeah. 
forever ago. People will write in and be like, you should have Jen Wilkin on I've the show. I've listened to that episode like, at least two or three she times. She has number four. It's so good. Her parenting tips. I'm just- Write them down. Just amazing. Yes. Um, so D group. And then our, our husbands all saw how amazing it was for us. And now um, my friend's husband, Marcus, just started the first men's D group in Iowa and my husband's in it. I so, love it. Yeah. Okay. So awesome. this is us, your butterfly noonday bracelet mm-hmm. and your D group. D group. Those are three amazing things. Yeah. Are you a reader? I'm a huge reader. What are you reading? Huge reader. Well, I'm currently reading your book. <gasps> thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I am. I'm on your launch team. Um, <laughs> thank you. So good. And I just finished the hate you give. Oh, you so need good. to have her on. She hasn't been on. Has she? No. <gasps> uh, I read it this summer and cried. Uh, it, it, blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was like, yeah, I've done these things mm-hmm. and I felt terrible. Yeah. And so anyway, it's, just, and it's funny. So it's, it's a good. fictional book, yes. but it is fiction, but you're going to see some things that we've seen yes. in real life, uh-huh. obviously. And this uh-huh. is, um, a lot of people's real life story. Yes. I mean, you know, this is, it's a fiction book, Mind but blown. it's not really. Uh-huh. Um, and I highly recommend it. I always say, I always like put a little caveat in it that there's some language. Oh yeah. But yeah, it is life it is. and there's language in life. So yeah. And then, um, I finished this a little while ago, but Jesus outside the lines, you heard of that by, um, Scott Sauls. Uh, yes. I like, I'm giving it to everyone for Christmas oh, that's because so good. it's, um, he just, he doesn't hold back on all the major issues, but he does it with such grace and sharing like um, it's a lot of political issues, but I, you know, how, how to approach the Bible and understand things like abortion and things that we, we, a lot of times fight with each other about on one side or the other, but he, he says, actually, a lot of us are that we're having, we're fighting over the same concept. If you look at the way Jesus lived, he would have been a little bit this way and a little bit this way. And I just really appreciate how he approached explaining a lot of that. You are not the first to recommend that book on this show. Um, and Scott Sauls is a friend of Aaron and I's, oh, and he really? has a new book that just came out called From Weakness to Strength, oh. um, which is like a leadership book, but okay. he is, we're big fans of Scott Sauls. Yeah. I listen to his sermons and things yeah, online. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, great. Um, I love um, everything you're loving and reading. Thanks for reading um, my book. It's great. I'm loving it. <laughs> so appreciate yeah. that. Um, Abby, thank you so much. Thank you for it was me. Um, It was a real honor to have you. Well, first be the first person to have an interview know, in my new I studio. I love it in here. It's neat. Uh, that's an honor. But also just to trust me and my listeners with your story. And so thanks for being brave. Thanks for going first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, you guys, wasn't that such a great conversation with Abby? I know I've said it like seven times already, but I'm so proud of her for the bravery that it took for her to sit down with me in my office and share her story. Please tell me that you are moved about sharing your own story with those around you. Friends, I want you to know that your story matters, that you matter, and that what God is doing in your life matters. I hope that after listening to Abby and you experiencing the bravery that she had in sharing her story, that you get a piece of that as well. Also, something really cool happened to me while I was in Guatemala. I got to meet the artisan that makes the butterfly bracelet that Abby mentioned that she loves so much. I had shared this story with my friend Jessica before we traveled there, and I was had the opportunity to share the story with the woman who actually makes those bracelets. It was one of my highlights of the trip by far. 
I'm going to put a link to that butterfly bracelet in the show notes so that you can see it. And maybe you know someone at yourself who needs a little fresh hope in their life. And maybe this would help that. Also, you guys, her book recommendations, great books to read over the holiday season. Go ahead and get you some of those. Friends, today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music is from Jason Poe. I hope you are enjoying your Thanksgiving holiday if you live here in America. And we will be back next week. My guest will be Kat Lee. Kat and I have been friends for a while. And in fact, I call her my podcasting mother. Kat loves encouraging women to get the best out of their days. And we chat about that next week. Guys, don't forget, if you're looking for holiday gifts, check out episode number 168, where we put before you nine different companies that we think are worth you spending your money towards this holiday season. My friend Melanie Schenkel joins me on that show. And not only is it informative about these companies, you know we laugh a lot because Melanie's hilarious and we had a great time together. Friends, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you guys next week with my friend, Kat Lee. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.